two pitch, swing, ground ball, third base line, diving stop, Seager, toss on up the first, in time to get Simmons, holy smokes, what a play by Kyle Seager, robbing Simmons, this ball game is over, the Mariners hang on and win it, four to three, on a tremendous goal cup play, behind the bag at third by Kyle Seager, diving to his right, getting up, one up strike to Lee at first, in time to Rob Simmons. That saves the game, and the Mariners win it. <laughs> wow. That was incredible. What a way for a ball game to end. An amazing, and I mean amazing play by Kyle Seeger. And somehow, some way, the play is made, the game is won. Unbelievable. We have so much to get to in this podcast at Mariner's Pod. Thanks for being here once again. I had to open with that. Just an incredible play. You know, it's funny. I record these generally after the ball games, for the most part. And usually, you know, right after the game, I can't quite fire it up because I have to get you know, the highlights together and the post-game sound and everything else. So it takes me a little time to get things together before I can record the podcast. So usually have some time, you know, while I'm doing that to really think about the game, reflect on it, digest what just happened. And, you know, <laughs> I'm separated now from recording this from the end of the game by, I don't know, an hour, I guess. And I still just cannot believe that final play, it was just ridiculous. And, you know, the, if the ball gets by him, Kyle Seeger made the diving play there. If it gets by him, the game is over. If his throw to Deho Lee skips by Lee, the game is over. And I think lost in it a little bit was a very nice pick by Lee at first base. Because it's one of those, as first baseman, it's one of those hops that's really tricky. You know, you have the short hop, the the quick pick right at the bag, just kind of the, the quick hop that's generally not too bad of a hop to pick up or kind of a long hop. That one was kind of the in-between that stays somewhat low, but you don't really know how low it's going to stay, and it stayed kind of like hip level for Deho Lee, and he snared it. That was a nice play. But all the way around, you know, it skips by him. The game's over. If Seager makes the dive and makes the stop and just keeps it on the infield, the game is tied. But the fact he was able to get Simmons runs pretty well at first base and end the game like that is just amazing. I mean, walk-off home runs are great, but I think that is the most exciting way a game can finish on a great play like that. We saw Martin earlier this year in center field. End a game crashing into the wall to preserve a win. They're so rare, too. I mean, walk-offs happen a little more often than that. But, man, and especially the circumstances with the high drama leading up to it. Diaz, you know, deep in the count. Three balls, trying not to walk Simmons, going to the slider again and again and again. And we'll get lots of that reaction coming up. And just the high wire, high intensity. Mariners in the thick of the playoff race. Just with everything going on when that play was made. 
And now it sets up a chance for the Mariners to win the series. And we'll take a look at that in a couple minutes. We have a ton of reaction from the game last night. A lot of highlights. I, yeah, I think we'll play that one again. <laughs> it is a, just a beautiful, beautiful thing to hear. Also, we're going to hear from Edgar Martinez coming up, which is always great. Rick Riz gives us a chance to further get to know Archimedes Caminero, who came up big last night. And Greg Green is going to be here as well. He's going to talk about this weekend at Safeco Field. And, man, if you don't have tickets for this weekend, I'd go ahead and get them. I would go ahead and get them. I mean, think about what is shaping up right here. And some of the games that we have seen as of late, it's not a long homestand. Brewers for three. The Yankees come in after that. I'd get I'd get your tickets. I would be there when the Mariners come back home. I know one game to go as they look for a series, but wow, how much fun is this? So here we go. Let, let's dive into this game last night a little bit. And, you know, when it's all said and done, the defense really takes center stage in the game last night. The pitch, swung on, ground ball up the middle, behind the back, backhanded by Cano, off balance, long throw to Lee at first, and it's in time to Rob Simmons of a base hit. Robbie Cano, tremendous play, has just saved a run, and the side is retired. Robbie had to go way to his right, deep behind the bag at second base. And it started early. Meredith's defense was on point early in the ball game, and, I mean, Simmons... <laughs> If you weren't a Mariners fan, you'd feel bad for the guy. One for five. He did not deserve to go one for five in that ball game. Robbed time after time after time. Martin struggled. He gave up two runs early on, but really settled in. Mariners, meanwhile, they score a couple of runs in the second inning right away to even things up. So this game nodded at two apiece. And then the Mariners in the fourth inning would pick up two more runs. The 0-1 pitch. O'Malley tries to bunt, lays it down on the first base side, barehanded by the pitcher. The toss to first base, sweeping tag, not in time, safe at first. Here comes Martin on the score, throw to third, and Martin keeps on coming. He scores all the way from second base on the play. O'Malley safe at first, Skaggs barehanded the ball, tossed it over to Marte, a sweeping tag. O'Malley was safe on a bunt single. Martin went to third, made the wide turn, the throw to third to get Martin, and then he took off for home. He scored on the throw to Escobar at third. So the Mariners scored two in the fourth. It's four to two, and seemingly for the rest of the ball game, Mariners' bullpen was dealing with high leverage situations. Cody Martin in the fifth inning was back in trouble. He was. Uh, he was in big trouble. So here's how the fifth inning developed. Perez would single, then a fielder's choice. Escobar would single. So runners on first and second. Calhoun would walk. Bases loaded, one down. The Mariners would turn to Storn out of the bullpen. And seemingly, I mean, Trout and Pujols, it felt like, at least watching the game, it, it felt like <laughs> they were batting. And it felt like Trout was batting third, sixth, and ninth in the order. I mean, he was seemed to be up constantly with runners on and it was in the fifth inning bases loaded one out trout was there and Storin not only gets trout strikes him out. He gets pool holes to end the inning. 
The 0-2 on the way to Pujols, swing and a fly ball. Right center field, on the run, Martin to the one, he trekked to the wall. He makes the catch, holy smokes, and the inning is over. Drew Storen gets out of a bases-loaded jam. Pujols hit a tracer deep right center field. Martin just outraced it to the one he tracked, reaching up. He makes the catch, and the side is retired. How about that? Then the seventh inning, Mariners still leading 4-2. to two. Innocent start for Caminero. He gets the first two outs without a problem, but then back-to-back base hits, and that brings up Trout again. He's the go-ahead run at the dish. The 2-2 pitch to Mike Trout. Here it comes. Swung out of this, struck him out. Hey, now. 100 miles an hour. Archimedes Caminero in a big spot for the Mariners. Strands, too. Well, Helmson works through the eighth inning. Simmons picked up a base hit in the inning, back-to-back hits, but he gets out of trouble there. And then the ninth inning comes along. Diaz comes out of the pen. He has been basically flawless since becoming the closer, but the Angels would get to him in the ninth inning. And the intensity, the drama, it was all there. Pennington let off the inning with a single, would take second on a wild pitch. Escobar would single, so Pennington would score. It's down to a one-run game. Calhoun would fan, and then Trout would single. So Trout is aboard. Escobar is aboard. Trout takes second on the throw, and then Pujols intentionally walked. Marte would strike out, which would be absolutely enormous. So he gets the strike out of Marte. It brings up Simmons. Base is loaded. He falls down to the count. It's three and one. He gets a strike on a slider, and then it sets up just an amazing play from Kyle Seeger. Three, two pitch, swing, ground ball, third base line, diving stop, Seeger. Toss on up the first in time to get Simmons. Holy smokes, what a play by Kyle Seeger. Robbing Simmons. This ball game is over. The Mariners hang on and win it. Four to three on a tremendous goal cup play behind the bag at third by Kyle Seeger. Diving to his right, getting up. One up strike to Lee at first in time to Rob Simmons. That saves the game, and the Mariners win it. Beautifully called by Rick Riz. Not an easy play to call. Not an easy play to be made. And Kyle Seeger made it, along with Deho Lee. The Mariners get the win and a chance to win the series tonight. Just incredible. Here's what Kyle Seeger said after the game. And listen to the background. Again, credit to the Mariner fans. There are plenty of them there, and they were making some noise after the ball game. I think you can hear how loud it is down here. A lot of Mariners fans behind the dugout, and I'm here with Kyle Seeger. And, Kyle, uh, on that play, what did you see on that, and did you think you had enough to get him there? Uh, it was pretty much just pure, pure panic as soon as he hit it, so I'm glad it, uh, I'm glad it worked out for us. You know, that inning, it, it's something you've seen this bullpen come through. You've seen Edwin Diaz just continue to come three, through. I'm sure you are all just willing him through that inning at that point. Yeah, he's been so good for us. He's been phenomenal, you know, from, from day one, really. So it's nice to, uh, you know, actually be able to help him out instead of him bailing us out. Get a little bit of early offense from you guys. That's always important. You got your couple hits in there today. What? Okay, let's talk about this for a second. What's it like to have this atmosphere on the road uh, right now? Lot, I got a lot of people on the friend list today. <laughs> a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of friends here, without a doubt. Uh, just kind of offensive approach early in this game. 
Um, yeah, you know, they, uh, you know, Skaggs is tough. We all knew that going into it. You know, we were able to put some decent at-bats against them and, you know, get a little bit of runs. And I tell you what, Cody really settled down after that, after that first inning, and the bullpen was phenomenal again. You know, Anaheim, they're kind of in a tough spot right now, but it seems like, you know, they've still got good hitters. It seems like Mike Trout was up in every inning, and you've had a reliever after reliever after reliever come out and just deal with him. Yeah, every, every single game you play these guys, it doesn't matter what the record is, it doesn't matter what our record is, it's, it's going to be a battle, and, and um, you know, that's the, that's the way it is. So, we, you know, we know that going into it, and, you know, you can't take anything for granted. Well, again, great play at the end of the game. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you very much. <laughs> about that ovation for Kyle Seeger from the Mariner fans here at the Big A tonight. Yeah, how cool is that? Hanging around behind the dugout, <laughs> giving Kyle Seeger a round of applause as he went back into the dugout. Great stuff right there. Edwin Diaz, and I assume by now you've seen the play. If not, you have to find it, Mariners.com. But after the play is made, just the look on Diaz's face is classic. A wide smile. He lets out a scream. The whole thing is fantastic. Here's what Edwin Diaz had to say after the game. Yeah, and I, see, I feel I, thought, I see him like if he catch the ball, I say, well, we win because you know he's a, a good glove and he made that play and he made a good throw and Lee can't handle the, the throw and you know get the out and we get the win. What was the ninth inning like for you? There was a lot of base runners, you know. What was it like for you? You know, today I feel the pressure with with the fan and with the hitter because you know I I. I I I get the the three four five hitters, you know, with bases loaded, and you know, I just try to make my pitch and get my out, and that that what we do. So a lot of sliders in that last at bat. Yeah, I threw a lot of sliders. I didn't feel a lot a lot of confidence with my fastball today. You know, I went to my slider. I, I got plenty confident when I threw the slider with three one count. I was think I think right away through my best slider, you know, and we got the the out. Is Chris calling those, or did you tell him that's what you wanted? No, he called him. You know, he, he told me follow me and follow him. You know, uh, he called very good pitches tonight. Are you seeing guys cheat that fastball though? I mean, guys looking for the fastball early in counts. It's like the other night when you pitched, it looked like they were swinging everything early. Yeah, today I think I missed a little bit my location. I was missing a little bit with my fastball. That's why I went to my slider too. But they were they was ready today for my fastball. They hit it pretty good tonight. So Diaz gives up a run, which has been a rare, rare thing. His ERA balloons to 1.85 on the season. Locks down his eighth save of the year. was not easy, but they found a way to get it done. Here's what the skipper, Scott Service, said after the ball game. Yeah, he probably wasn't as sharp uh, as he's been most of the year out there, but uh, you need to have those once in a while, too, and figure out how to get through them. Um, you know, ton of credit obviously when the, the bases are loaded after we trout gets on and we walk Pujols and you know he really dialed it up uh, against Marte and you know a heck of a battle uh, with Simmons about the the 3-1 slider he got over and the last pitch he actually slipped on it probably would have been ball four and, and but you know Simmons is aggressive and you know I can say enough about the defensive game that, that Kyle Seeger had you know and making the big play at the end was awesome it uh you know, good test, good test for our club. Obviously, our bullpen uh, <laughs> weathered the storm tonight. Had a lot of base runners, but uh, we made pitches and, and got out of it. So, nice win. Got the play by Seager. I mean, when he when that ball's off the bat, what was going through your mind? Yeah, a phenomenal play. Yeah, Kyle's is as good as it gets, and he gets in those grooves. It's like it's, uh, the glove's got Velcro on it. Everything's going in it. So, uh, not just the play, but to get up to his feet, to finish the play, you know, get enough on the throw. Good pick by Dejo. Um, you know, exciting finish. Uh, you know, it's 
it's crazy these games that we play. I mean, every night you think you're in control, and all of a sudden you look up, and you know we really didn't get much going offensively tonight. A little struggle there, but uh, obviously our, our pitching, especially the bullpen and our defense, really picked us up. Yeah, he's feeling healthy again. I think he's up and running at 100%. It's taken a while, but certainly you see it on the bases. You see how aggressive he is in the outfield. Um, you know, and it's 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 nice to see. You know, we certainly need him, uh, no doubt. You know, we had some, you know, just a lot of contributors tonight. You know, running through that bullpen as many guys as we did uh, with the, the short outing by by Martin, but uh, everybody needed to step up, and, and they did. O'Malley, Bontan, Martin, scoring on that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. I think the, for me, just the, uh, the focus. I thought, you know, Drew Storm uh, coming in with the bases loaded in the fifth, getting out of that inning. Um, you know, there's so many uh, big outs that, that we were able to get. Tonight, the story's about the defense and the pitching for me. It kind of seems like Trout's up every time with runners on base this series. I mean, just does it feel like that for you? Yeah, he, he seems like he hits every inning, you know. But, uh, you know, he, he's a special player, and, and uh, you got to pitch him tough, obviously. And, you know, we threw some a lot of good arms at him tonight, and this is never, it's not an easy out ever. You know, he's always under control and, and getting good pitches to hit. So, um, again, you know, I give those guys, that, that team's really, you know, they're, they're fighting over there. They've, they've had a, a lot of injuries, battling through some things, but uh, you know, certainly not making it easy on us, that's for sure. Diaz threw a lot of sliders. Was that from fastball command, or was he trying to adjust to what teams are doing to him as well? Because it seems like a lot of people are cheating on that. Yeah, they, they, they are. I think, you know, the slider's late. A lot of it was called for. That That is his strikeout pitch, you know, with the bases loaded there, and he's trying to go right after uh, Marte to get the punch out. And he threw that. was probably the three best sliders he threw. He threw a couple good ones to, to uh, Calhoun as well. But, uh, uh, you know, can't say enough about the kid. You, know, you do have to go through some of those, and it's nice to go through them when you don't spit it up and then blow the save. Still be able to walk out of there with a smile on your face, and he'll continue to learn from it. But I think everybody saw tonight he has the ability to dial it up. And that's why our team, you know, everybody's so fired up to, to have him out there in the ninth inning. Yeah, more on that sequence, too, with Diaz. Here's what Chris Ionetta said uh, about the ninth inning going to the slider for Diaz. Um, no, I think at the time that was the pitch that he had the most command of. Um, so we went with the pitch that he could throw for a strike. I mean, doesn't doesn't always, you know, conventional wisdom is you get the best command of your fastball, but some nights you don't. Some nights your best pitches, the best pitch you have a good feel for is your off speed. And, that's what we went right there. Right, that's what we went with right there. I think he went six in a row at one point. Yeah, and that's why. I mean, he had the feel for it. So he just said, you know what, we're going to match up his best with what we can get over the plate. Was that a situation that he had the fastball to start with, and then? You're welcome. Um, yes. I don't know, just kind of went back and forth. You know, we, we threw a couple of fastballs, and it was good, and then he gave up the hit to Pennington, gave up another hit, so we <clears throat> kind of went to whatever was going to work, and you get in that situation, and it's just use everything. A couple hits for you tonight. Yeah, it's you know, just, yeah, it's, you've had a lot of time to work right now. What, yeah. what was working for you in getting into the game and able to do that today? Just, just been working on simplifying things. Um, when you're not playing every day, you can't get into normal rhythm. You can't do what you normally try to do, so trying to keep it as simple as possible and you know just try to get the barrel to the ball. So there was Chris Iannetta. Mariners win. They beat the Angels. They take game three. So they're up two games to one. A chance to take the series before coming home to take on the Brewers. Let's talk about the pitching matchup in a second. But first, let's look at the standings here. So the Rangers won last night as well. They've won three games in a row. The A's really not helping the Mariners out in that series whatsoever. Texas will move on to Tampa Bay now. Six-and-a-half game lead on the Mariners in the West. 
There was some good news, though, as Houston lost. Houston has lost four games in a row now. Detroit loses again. They've dropped three games in a row. Baltimore has lost twice in a row. Boston, they've gotten hot. They've won six straight, and Toronto has won two in a row. So you look at the wild card standings coming into the game tonight. You have Toronto leading the East now, and they're clear now of everyone. They have a, a game lead on the Red Sox. Cleveland in the Central, Texas in the West. Boston has the first wild card now. They've won six in a row. Baltimore, who has dropped two straight, they hold the second wild card. The Mariners two games back of Baltimore heading into tonight. And now the Mariners a little bit of separation, not much, but they're up now a game and a half on Detroit. They're up three and a half on both the Astros and the Yankees. And you know for the Yankees now that they've flipped their roster, they're playing very young right now. It's going to be a huge series for them coming into Safeco Field if they want to make a run next week. So Mariners obviously one more against the Angels than the Brewers over the weekend. Boston will be at Detroit. So Mariners will gain ground on somebody if they win, either Boston or Detroit. Baltimore will take on Houston. So, again, the same scenario. Mariners will gain ground again on somebody, either Baltimore or Houston, if they can keep winning. And I've thought about this because when you look at the wild card, it's really interesting with the East because when we head into September, Toronto, Boston, Baltimore, uh, you can throw the Yankees in for that matter. Those teams are going to play each other a lot and it's hard I think as a Mariners fan to identify exactly what you're rooting for to happen outside of the Mariners winning at this point I mean the American League landscape is forever changing I think you're always rooting for Texas to lose at this point but then the East is hard to identify I guess the way I look at it right now is I think you want one team in the East to really get hot and kind of dominate the other three down the stretch, whether it be Toronto or Boston or even Baltimore. One of those teams take a stranglehold of the East and beat the other two as much as possible, I think is what you want to happen at this point. Trying to tag two of those teams with as many losses as possible so the Mariners can gain ground on one of them. But it's an interesting scenario with two teams from the same division holding down the wild card with so many games against each other heading into September. So I think that's something to watch here as we head into the final month of the season. But Mariners now two games back of Baltimore. Hopefully that made sense. It made sense in my mind. I don't know if it made sense me talking, especially after the <laughs> the adrenaline rush of a Kyle Seager tremendous play to end the ball game. So there you go. Tonight, Mariners and Angels, Hisashi Iwakuma will take the ball, uh, hopefully healthy. He had kind of a neck issue last time out, went five and a third against Oakland and gave up three runs. Times before that, sensational. Seven scoreless, Detroit, seven and a third scoreless, Boston. Mariners could use seven again. Bullpen had to do a lot of work and a lot of high leverage work last night. So seven would be grand. The Mariners would love to take the series and then come home to face the Brewers on Friday. And it's up to Iwakuma. He's going to face Matt Shoemaker. His overall numbers won't wow you. 6-13, 4-2-2 ERA. But it's 
He's been a different guy since early in the season. Although last time out, gave up 12 hits against Cleveland, five runs. Time before that, pitched against the M's and pitched well. Seven innings of three earned runs. But for the most part, I mean, he's been pretty good since the first month of the season. I mean, if you want to dial it all the way back to May 11th, you know, starting with the second month of the th- month of the season, he's got a 3-3-6 ERA in that time span. 110 punch shots and 118 innings. You know, 17 walks in that span. So, numbers pretty good. Mariners will have their hands full. Should be a good one tonight as the M's look for the series. Speaking of good ones, we're going to hear from a good one. One of the best ones. Edgar Martinez. Here's Shannon Dreher. Shannon Dreher here in the dugout in Anaheim catching up with Edgar Martinez. And Edgar, uh, really kind of a neat theme going on with the team right now with runners in scoring position. The pitchers aren't allowing anybody to score with runners in scoring position, and the hitters are knocking them in right now. What's kind of been the evolution of what you've seen over the last few weeks, which I'm sure is just a part of so much more? Yeah, you know, through the the whole season, uh, I think the team was doing a good job early in the season. Uh, overall, the runners on. Uh, we we've been through a patch where we were not doing a, a very good job at driving in. But you know, in baseball, uh, it happens. It's ups and down. Right now, you know, it, it's like a momentum. It's uh, it's been going on where it's happening, getting a few hits here and there, in there, <coughs> and. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> that can carry over, and that's what we hope for right now. How do you do? I mean, you've dealt with that as a hitter. How is it to deal with it as a hitting coach? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's the same. You, you kind of uh, think like a player uh, as a coach, because in the past I was in the same situation, and um, you kind of know what the players are feeling, and you try to help uh, you know, with um, talking about approach uh, or how to uh, to think at the plate in those situations. Uh, but you know, until you don't get one or two hits, you can talk all you want. You know, but it's it's, it's sometimes this game it's about confidence. And right now we're getting some breaks, getting some hits, and uh, more confidence about it. It's really amazing because through the struggles there seemed to be an incredible amount of patience and it wasn't just the hitting it was everything and just there was no panic and lo and behold it comes around how much of a focus was that for you as coaches we've got to be careful here yeah you know I what I try is not concentrate in the negative what is going on and uh, because once you start talking about the negative then it's added more uh, concentration in and, and nobody wants to, the players don't want to hear that. I don't think nobody wants to. You address the issue in a fine, uh, uh, medium way to, to, to express it and uh, just concentrate on the positive. And right now it's good time to reinforce the positive, what's going on. What are you seeing with Nori Aoki since he's been back? You know, he made some adjustments uh, before he left and he went to Triple uh, A. He kept working on it, and it worked. And uh, right now, those adjustments are paying off for him. Uh, mechanically, he did make some adjustments. That are, he looks a lot better, and he's feeling better. Lastly, so many people ask, what, what, what is the magic with Kyle Seeger with two outs at the plate? What do you see from him up in that situation? 
Um, you know, and the, uh, during the uh, early in the year, he got some big hits for us, and through the whole year. Uh, and I think you know he's having a good approach, <clears throat> taking good at bats. Uh, and when he have men on base, it's like he's at bats gets even better. So uh, he's uh, he's been clutch for us the whole year. Um, I think the approach he's taking on the plate is making a difference. That kind of defines him. It sounds like almost the clutch. He's clutch. Guy. Yeah, he's been clutch the whole year, and uh, he's been big for us. I actually have one last question for you. What's your favorite part of the baseball day now? You know, I I like the whole process uh, during the. Uh, uh, early work, and then batting practice, and obviously the the best part is the game. I think I, I enjoy the whole process, uh, especially these times when the team is playing well, and um, and we can look at the standing and see that we have a chance. And now Rick Riz with Archimedes Caminero. Archimedes, tell me a little bit about uh, how how did you get started in baseball and when did you first become a pitcher? I got started when I when I was 15 officially. Uh, I started as a pitcher but then I, they, I became an outfield. When the Marlins sold me as outfield they, they signed me and then they made me a pitcher from, from that. So I was like uh, almost 18. What was the transition like becoming an outfielder because you got a tremendous arm what was it like the first time you got on the mound it was really tough for me because I, I wasn't like I wasn't used to it anymore I worked through it for three years uh, I got used to it got good and then got here to United States and then I start I went through a whole minor league system what would be the best advice you'd give to a kid who wanted to be a pitcher what would you tell him I would say uh, that work hard is the most important thing uh, never give up uh, just go for what you want and then try as hard as you can, and there will be always good results. We'll get to that fastball in a second, but for any pitcher to be successful, you got to be able to throw strikes, have that command on both sides of the plate. When did that come around for you? I would say it didn't, came, it didn't come until later, I would say 2009 to 2010 maybe. I still don't have 100% on me. It's, it's, I'm still working on it, but it's very important to throw strikes, uh, mix pitches, and then uh, get ahead, stay ahead, and put away. Uh, that's very important. You come in, you can throw 97 to 100 to 101 miles per hour. You can't teach that, but, but when did that come around for you, to, the ability to throw a baseball 100 miles an hour? <laughs> I would say yeah, I started throwing uh, 99 when I was uh, in 2009, maybe 2009. Like it was after the mid-season in 2009. Uh, I worked. I used to work that uh, like pretty hard, but then I used to not to try to throw hard, like so hard. But then after that, like one day I was throwing. I don't. I don't remember if I was like maybe mad or something like that. I was throwing as hard as I could. When the guys came into the clubhouse, they were like, "Hey." How were you feeling today? I was like, okay. They were like, yeah, you were feeling great. You were throwing 99. I was like, what? So next, after that, every time that I that I throw, I was throwing like as hard as I could, not yeah. not even being mad because it was for me back then. I realized that I had to I have to try my 100 percent every time that I go out there. It doesn't I don't it doesn't have to be when I'm mad or it could be for good too. Visiting with Archimedes Caminero here on Rick's Tips. Tell me a little bit about the maturation process. Were you a starter, then you became a reliever, and what was that transition like, or, or did you always relieve? I started in 2007, but I just started like a few games. So it was good, but I, I used to get tired when like in the fifth, sixth inning. So 
they decided that I was going to be a future closer. The Marlins, I was back then, so they made me a reliever. Uh, and I used to throw like two, three innings, one back to back, something like that. So I got used to I got used to be a reliever pretty quick. Uh, and that way, I didn't I didn't have to get tired because I just throw like 15, 20 pitches and then be able next day. The age-old question is, when should a kid throw a curveball? When did you start throwing a curveball? I know you got a late start when you were 15, starting just to play the game. That's true. I mean, I wouldn't recommend start throwing curveballs too young because that's going to mess up uh, their elbow for sure. I didn't start throwing a curveball until I was like 18, I would say. And that's why I don't throw curveballs now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't recommend too, too young because then that's going to mess up their, their elbow and shoulder. They can work like through the fastballs most of the time and then... Later, maybe 14, 15, they can start throwing curveballs. It's never too late. Best advice for a kid, Archimedes, just go out there and have fun. That's uh, enjoy the game, uh, play the game, and then work hard. But the most important thing to me is uh, enjoy the game. Every time that I go out there, I try to enjoy it, be there, be myself, work as hard as I can behind the bat in the gym or anything, anything I work. I need, I need to work on uh, be a good teammate and be there, play baseball. Well, I tell you what, right now we're enjoying your enjoyment, so keep up the great work. I tell you what, it's great to have you over here watching you come in the bullpen. You're doing a super job. Archimedes, thanks a lot for being our guest here in Rick's Tips. No, thank you. It's my pleasure. And finally, Greg Green joins us. He's going to get us ready for this weekend. Greg Green, Gigi, director of all things fun with the Seattle Mariners. And, uh, boy, Greg, good to have you here on the magazine and I'm excited to talk to you about this really, really great upcoming weekend at Safeco Field when the Mariners return home starting Friday night. Let's let's break down day one of this three-game weekend series against the Brewers. Uh, we, we're going to have one of the more unique post-game fireworks shows, will we not? Yes, absolutely. It is Star Wars weekend coming up at Safeco Field. Um, all the fans of the uh, Star Wars series come out to the ballpark. Starting Friday, we got a fireworks show themed to Star Wars music, John Williams' famous score. Uh, along with uh, clips from the movies, interspersed with Mariner highlights, uh, it's really one of one of the best uh, fireworks shows of the year, and save the best for last. And it's uh, it's the last fireworks show of the season as well this Friday. Well, no, that's heartbreaking. But at least it'll be we'll go out with we'll go out with a bang. So that's good. So that'll be oh, a front. You did that. Where's the rim shot? Somebody's got to get the rim shot. Somebody hit the rim shot. <laughs> So a 7-10 first pitch for the Mariners come home Friday night against the Brewers. And then a Saturday, a 6-10 first pitch time, middle game yep. of that series with the Brew Crew. And we've got something else going on postgame, something unique. Yeah, uh, we will be showing Return of the Jedi in its entirety on Mariners' vision. And uh, our crack research team has, has done a, a little bit of legwork <laughs> and looked into it. And we do believe it will be the largest screen a Star Wars movie has ever been shown on. So, um, yeah, if, if you're a Star Wars fan, what a, what a cool, unique experience. I know I count myself amongst that group, and I'm excited <laughs> to see a Star Wars movie on, on Mariner's Vision. It's going to be really cool. So right after the game, about five minutes after uh, the final out, and hopefully a Mariner's win, uh, we'll be running uh, Return of the Jedi in its entirety on Mariner's Vision. I can just imagine you, Chris, sticking around for that, getting himself some popcorn, <laughs> hanging around, watching watching it up on Mariner's Vision. Uh, and the series will wrap up against the Brewers on Sunday, Gigi. And this is, by the pictures, this looks like one of the coolest bobbleheads that we've seen in some time. Yes, uh, the young Jedi, Taiwan Skywalker in his uh, Jedi robe, 
He's got a, a lightsaber on him, and he's kind of doing a little Jedi mind trick on the uh, on the baseball, <laughs> levitating it. Uh, it is a really cool bobblehead. Uh, first twenty thousand fans that Sunday morning are going to get that. Um, it's at about a it's a one o'clock start. The gate should open around eleven ten forty in the pen. Um, so get out early, grab that bobblehead, come out all weekend if you're a Star Wars fan. Uh, my kids are excited. They've already marked the calendar for all three days. They want to go. Um, so it should be a great weekend for the fans. Kids will uh, be able to uh, run around the bases post game, presented by KeyBank, as always, as we have about a minute left yeah, with Greg Green. And then one other thing is the uh, character is going to be here all weekend as well. So it's cool to get you know pictures with Darth Vader and the Stormtroopers, and um, that's all free. We'll have uh, characters up on uh, the view level and the main concourse over by the team store. So come on out and, and get your pictures taken with uh, the family. Maybe you can make a little Christmas card out of it. <laughs> and, and fans are encouraged to address the part this weekend, are they not? Yes, absolutely. We'll have uh, prizes and some surprises for the fans that uh, dress up for Star Wars weekend. Well, I can't wait. This is going to be huge, and the I think the fireworks show is going to just be off the charts great. And that that just sounds – and you said there's going to be Mariners highlights mixed in with – Clips from the movie yeah, Mariners, and the score. Mariners highlights, Star Wars highlights. You've got the fireworks. You've got the music. It, it all comes together. Now, last uh, fireworks show of the year. So hopefully uh, we'll have uh, many Mariners fans will have a chance to catch that. And uh, Mariners.com slash Jedi. Is that right, Gigi? <laughs> Jedi slash Star Wars. Just go to Mariners.com. Uh, I can get tickets for the for the weekend series against the, uh, the Brew Crew. See you later!